Hey y'all, it's Jessica DeLindy Dykeman with The Courageous and Kind Project. We're featuring stories of women who are living out their God-given purpose through big and small moments of courage and kindness. At Courageous and Kind, we want to create a community of women who are courageous to overcome their fears and who are kind to one another and to themselves. We want to hear and share your story. Help us share God's love by sharing your courageous and kind story. Hey, I'm so excited to bring you this month's podcast. This podcast is our first live recording. Normally we do a podcast over Skype video and we're able to pull the audio, but this is the first time that I've gotten to sit down in front of someone and do the Courageous and Kind interview. It was very, very special. Jessica Wolfel was so kind to invite me over. We sat in her house and got to talk and and really get to spend some time on what a courageous and kind woman looks like. It's really special. I'm so excited for you to meet Jessica. She is a wife, a mother of three. She's a newly homeschooled mom. And she is someone who desires for others to see people. And I just love um, that in her profession, she gets to see a lot of people and that she is able to remind us that God loves us and he sees us. And so in this interview right here, we pick up from the first question of what season of life she is in and what she has going on. So without further ado, here's Jess. Well, actually, life is a little bit different this year than it has been in the past. Um, last year, I worked towards getting my personal fitness training certificate, which is my job and how I know you. Um, I, I'm i a personal fitness instructor and I'm a group fitness instructor, and that's something I've done for a very long time, and I absolutely love it. Um, but I never had taken that route towards personal fitness training. And so last year when I went and I got everything I needed to do that. And I started my business and started going um, down that personal route. It just felt absolutely right. And I'm using past tense only because the tide changed. And and out of necessity, we ended up having to homeschool one of our kids this year. And um, that has put my personal fitness training to a halt um, at this time. But so what am I working on is learning how to be a teacher. <laughs> in my own home and still be loving and kind and um, how to do that and then to get back to a, a, a place where I can enter that field where I feel more comfortable um, with the training. So, yeah. I, you know, think about everybody that's listening to this and especially those homeschool mamas that are just nodding their heads saying, yes, yes we know, we know. And I don't know that um, I have some friends that end up saying, yes, I know I want to homeschool my, my kids. And then some friends that are, you know, this was the best thing. This yeah. might have not been my first choice, but this was the best thing. And really the sacrifice that comes with that mm. in being a mom and a teacher yeah. and everything else that goes <laughs> along with it. And so um, for this season, just yeah. to see the, the results and the fruitfulness of that faithfulness. Yeah. Um, Thank you for saying that. It really is. It's interesting because um, we ended up having to do it just because our son has some neurological differences that were not 
being um, fed properly in school. And we didn't, he's in junior high, and we didn't want him to go through that very important developmental stage hearing bad things about himself. So the goal is to get him through this developmental stage and let him go back to school. And we really feel like it was the right choice. Mm -hmm. And having him home has been very beneficial um, to, I really think, to all of us. So it's been, has it been a sacrifice? Yes. Has it been the (laughs) hardest thing I've ever done in my life? Yes. But worth it. Like childbirth. There's nothing easy about that. But you get a baby. (laughs) (laughs) So you might as well do it. (laughs) Well, and to the, one thing that goes along to be said is that you're able to create the space in Mm -hmm. your lives and your schedules to just hit pause for a little bit and say, this is what's best for our family. And, you know, it just may be for a season. And so I wonder how many women and moms and wives that are just in that right there that, you know, something's got to give. And we live in a world that buys into the lie that it's all or nothing. That's true. And it doesn't have to be. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't have to be (laughs) all one way forever or nothing. Yeah. For a little bit, but just to be able to find that balance to say, we have an end goal in mind. If we get to it, we'll reassess and see where we are. But right now we have to do what's best for our family. Yes, yes. So encouragement to all the women who are out there doing this right now. Um, If you are doing it long term, I am so proud of you and wish that that had been what we had done from the start. But if you're also trying to be courageous and take this step to do that, then major major props to you guys so absolutely yeah um and I mean you led right into it as you know we talk about being courageous to step out in faith to whatever the Lord is calling us to do what comes to mind when you hear the words courageous and kind so the first thing I think of and maybe a lot of us do now but I'm gonna show my nerdy side Cinderella Yes, Cinderella. I love it. <laughs> Cinderella. They said, "Have kind and be brave, and have kind, and be kind." And and that character, though she was fictional, and especially in this movie, she was just the perfect example of being kind, no matter what happened, even when the worst of the worst happened. They, she was told to have courage and be kind. And the thing that I liked the most about her character, and even though that's what it was, that's what it does come to my mind, is that she had the ability to take what she had and still see good in what's going on around her, to be grateful for small things and to be kind, even when she was hurting. And there's a scene where the the man comes to tell her that her father has died. And... The first thing she does is say, that must have been very hard for you to tell me that. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget that. Even though, like I said, even though it's a movie, um, that's the type of person that I want to be, is seeing seeing other people for real, seeing everything about them. Not that they are the person that is doing deadlifts in my class or the person that's cleaning the bathroom, but that this is a real person being a person that is actually cleaning this bathroom. And what must that feel like for them to have this as their job? And so no matter where I am, I'll stop and say, 
thank you very much for doing your job and for doing for doing this for us. It's probably not fun, and I appreciate that you're doing it. Or, wow, that looks like that was really fun. Thank you for doing that. You're doing a very good job. And so, anyway, just to always notice people. And to be able to see people. And yeah. I think that have courage and be kind really comes or brings forth that compassion in our heart mm -hmm. that everybody has a story. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so easy to forget that, especially in our busy world, but too, on the other side of the screen. And uh -huh. in this digital world that we live in, that our followers and our likes and the people commenting here and the people on our Facebook and our Instagram, right. they're people. They are people. They are. And as soon as you put that screen up, it's easy to be the one forgetting that the that the people you're either speaking to are people or that the speak people that are speaking to you are people. And that's really tricky. And I think, too, in this world, it's in our digital age. And just I keep going back into the busyness yeah. and of everything that it's so easy to feel invisible. Yes. And so, you know, talking, thinking about that and having courage and being kind and being a courageous and kind woman, you know, what would you say to that girl, that, that woman that feels invisible right now? That's such a pertinent question because there's the, the road that I ended up in in my life or just because God took me there, um, left me in a spot of feeling completely invisible and, I didn't know that that would happen, and I was shocked by how painful it was. And it took me a really long time to sort of mull that over and kind of think about in my brain, am I sinning by feeling um, invisible? Am I sinning by feeling bad that I'm invisible? Am I, am, I, am I sinning by thinking, gosh, notice me, notice me, notice me? But what I came to the conclusion was it really depended on each situation. You know, was it that I wanted to be praised? Well, that's probably not the most wonderful thing in the world. But did I want to be noticed for being a human? Yes. And so for the girl that feels invisible, something that happened in my life was to recognize that God made me as my own individual person. He didn't make me as a shadow of somebody else. And for me to truly live in that, if I am truly living in the way God made me as me, you're not invisible at all. And other people will notice that too. If you're living really where God created you to be, meaning maybe doing as an occupation what he wants you to be doing, or um, even taking certain routes or certain paths or taking those steps of courage, no matter what they are, they don't have to be occupational. If you're truly just doing where you feel God pulling on those heartstrings and following in those steps, your path doesn't become invisible because it's noticeable. And it's something that other people notice, even if they're not saying it, but they notice, wow, that girl is doing something unique. That girl is doing something that she belongs in. Mm -hmm. And it's, so I would just encourage anybody that feels their heartstrings being pulled in one way, even if it's. If it seems ginormous, just take a tiny little step of bravery and a tiny little step of courage. Allow yourself to think about what that ginormous thing is. And God does things in those spaces, in those spaces that feel um, scary. That's so well said. And to the girl that's listening that does feel invisible, 
you know, or unnoticed or just unwelcome too, we want to both say that God sees you. Yes. And he knows you. He knows your heart. He knows the needs of your hearts, the desires, the wants, and he wants to meet you there. Mm -hmm. And it, it sounds, that's exactly what you've allowed God to do, Mm. to let God meet those needs in that tender spots of your heart. Because to be honest, I think everybody can raise their hand and say at one time or another, they felt unnoticed. Yeah. And it's what we do with that, as you said, and being able to come before the Lord and pray and just be honest with him Yeah. to, to say, you know, I, I feel I feel unnoticed. I feel invisible. I, I, I feel, you know, where's my worth, Lord, and my value in this situation or my circumstances? And I think we can each say that the Lord has, in those situations, met us where we are. Right. And has showed up to say, you are a daughter of the High King, and you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. And um, that He has so much for each of us as his workmanship. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want to say to you. It's so funny that we are just talking about this and I shouldn't be surprised, but either yesterday or this morning in my quiet time was the story about Hagar. Oh, no kidding. Yes. Oh my goodness. And coming to mind how specifically about how the Lord opened her eyes to see the well in front of her and to see the water. And, um, I'm like blanking right now on um, where it is located in the Bible. What? Um, Old Testament. It's Old Testament. <laughs> no, I'm going to have to look it up. I'll have to get back to you. Sorry. Right now. Addresses um, are not my specialty. <laughs> yes. But about Hagar and being cast into the desert with Ishmael and just feeling lonely and deserted and, I mean, really unseen. And so the Lord saw her. And um, so gracefully opened her eyes to provide for her in a way. It's in Genesis. But where in Genesis? Genesis. I don't know. (laughs) Yes. And so, you know, saying all of that, um, God sees you and he has a a plan for your life and a purpose in this unseen. And so that's what we want to encourage women um, to seek the Lord in that and really practically um, opening our Bible and giving our hearts to the Lord. And so... When you talk about, you know, being comfortable where you are and giving that desire over to the Lord, what are some practical steps um, and how did that look like for you? So great question. And that's where I think the courage part of being courageous and kind comes in. There's a really wonderful book. I think it's the one by Brene Brown, Being Brave, Being Brave. Daring. Oh, darn. I forgot the name. Sorry, Brene. Um, <laughs> but it's about being brave. And it and one of the biggest things that I gleaned is that being brave doesn't mean going jumping off a cliff. It means allowing yourself to think about the possibility that maybe you'll do it and then taking the next step and then taking the next step. Um, Also, uh, Lisa Jo Baker wrote about it as well. And they're just really, it's really impacting to think about what God can do big picture when you take the little tiny steps. So, um, in my life, I think I've had more moments of where I've had to choose courageous than moments where I, I haven't. It's been more, it's been a lot more like, oh my gosh, can, am I going to be okay if I do this? Or am I going to be okay if I do that? And um, so seeking after my own career was um, 
Hmm. Well, it was fun. So I wouldn't really say as courageous as I might have had to be because it was fun. But what was the part that took that courage for me was that this was not where I started. I went to school as a social work major and um, it was a perfect, perfect, perfect fit. I would not have wanted anything other than that. It was perfect. And then I married my husband and we moved 13 times the first four years we were married. So you can't work in social work if you're going to keep moving. So my dreams and my and my identity in that just disappeared, just gone. And I had to figure out, well, gosh, where do I fit into this puzzle? Who am I? How do I do this? We didn't have kids. I never wanted to be a stay-at-home mom until I had kids. And then, yes, that's what I wanted. But it was not where I was going. So I had to figure out where do I fit in this world? What is, I know I'm a child of God and I know that my goal is to show other people that, but what exactly vessel am I going to be using to do this? And so we, through all these moves, the only thing that stayed consistent for me was that I was working out every day and thank goodness. Otherwise I may have lost my mind, but, but my only thought was, well, you know, if I'm at the gym, why not get paid for it? And so I did that just because it seemed like sort of the only option. Mm -hmm. And I found out that I absolutely love it. So the little steps for me were hearing, number one, God say, you're not where you're supposed to be, even though I thought I was with social work. Um, Number two, you need to do something different. And number three, you've got to trust me with what that is. And here's your Band-Aid job. And guess what? That's actually what I really wanted you to do in the first place. And so hearing his voice and listening to that, even though I didn't know what it was going to be, um, that's sort of where I had to take those steps, I guess. That's so sweet. And, And just an honest thought to say, okay, Lord, this is really what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And this is what I really thought I heard you say in the moment. Mm -hmm. And then for him to circle back and bring you back to, okay, I went through this journey to get to where you want me to be now. And really in a a permanent, per se, place um, that would offer, well, now to Mm -hmm. homeschool your kids and be at home. Exactly. and, And just be available and... As much as it pains me to think about God's timing sometimes, although I don't always agree with it, I know it's always the best. I know. That he is so purposeful in the plan and to think about everything that you have learned and grown in that journey to get where you are now. Yeah, yeah. I know it was, and I know it was purposeful, like you said. Um, and even if I never spend another day working in the social work field, um, I could not be more grateful for what I learned during that time. Like it was fantastic. And my husband runs a ministry and so we use it in that anyway. And it just is, it's, yeah, I'm the person that went to college for one thing and ended up doing something (laughs) totally different. Many are, that's so true. I think the one thing that just absolutely sums everything up, and I keep going back to this, is I hold so tightly to Romans 8.28. Yes. Yes. And how God really takes everything and works it all out for his 
purpose and his good. Yeah. And so all of the broken pieces or the puzzle pieces or even the good things and the bad things and the things that don't make sense and all of that, he works out for his good. He and does. every time I look back and I have that hindsight of 2020, it's like, oh, that's what he does. I know. Don't you kind of wish he'd give us the script ahead of time? Yeah, well, like, I appreciate that. Really kind of, <laughs> God, what did you mean here? I kind of don't get it. And what's up with mosquitoes? Really? Yeah, okay, exactly. Yeah. I got yeah. a few questions. I'm going to yeah. be standing in line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I get Excuse to me. Yeah, there's a few people I need to talk to, too. Yeah. Oh, so saying all of that, what has been one of your most courageous moments? Oh, golly. Okay, so I, let me pull out my scroll. And look and see. No. Um, I think, oh golly, there's been so many. I don't know. I think that um, one of them that comes to my mind was that I actually was, I was working with AmeriCorps Vista um, in Florida uh, right after college. And it was perfect. I was with Habitat for Humanity, which is who I wanted to work for forever. And I... I adored it. And then I met this cute guy and he lived in New Orleans and that was not near me. And it kind of became like, darn it, I think this is the man I'm going to marry. So I knew that if I was going to pursue our, you know, a life with him, I probably needed to resign from my job, but I was going to be breaking a contract to do that. And I really felt like that was what God needed me to do. I had found another position in New Orleans closer to my husband, my future husband. And, um, but I, I loved where I was, never wanted to leave. Um, I loved my job. I loved the city. I loved the people. I loved everything about it. I really, really did not like New Orleans. I'm sorry, New Orleans, but I really did not. It's just not a fit for me. Mm -hmm. We are Saints fans, but, um, <laughs> but, um, it was, it doesn't fit my personality. And so leaving something I knew, um, was a perfect fit for me to go to someplace that felt alien and foreign for something that was unknown, um, and, and hurting my my commitment by breaking that contract. That was probably the scariest thing I think I've ever done in my life. But that was 22 years ago. And I've been married for 21 years to that cute little guy. So I'm thankful. And it was like, for sure, definitely the right choice. Do I wish that he had moved and said to Justin? <laughs> yes. But um, they... I'll never forget just before I actually told my board that I had to step down. Um, I sat down with Ephesians five and was reading over the, the armor of God over and over as Ephesians six mm -hmm. over and over and over and over and over and just putting on this armor. Cause I just didn't know how they were going to react. And, um, I was so scared, but they threw me a farewell party and, oh. and were, they just gave me tons of blessings and, um, and yeah, I got a husband out of the job. So there we go. So that was probably the most, the most courageous thing I had to do, I think. And so it's turned out well. Yes. To he's, say the very least. He's so least. cute. Yes, to say the very <laughs> least. And I think, you know, for anybody li listening that has, has to or is about to make a big courageous m move, I think the one of the biggest things that they can glean 
in this and from your example is you sat down with the Lord mm-hmm. and you went to his word and, um, you know, and some people might have said, or, you know, if they did, like, Jess, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, what is going on? Are you really going to quit your job to go with this guy <laughs> in this city you don't even like? And, you know, from the outside in, it it probably felt crazy to a lot of people. But to be able to sit with the Lord privately and to say, this is what the Lord's asking of me and do it. That courage of obedience is more than we could ever ask for. Mm -hmm. And moving, you know, throughout the 22 years to have three beautiful kids and a ministry Mm -hmm. where you're able, you know, to still share God's love and to help and to help heal, you know, the inner city. Talking about these courageous moments, what is one way that we can spread kindness? Oh, I love that one. That's one of my hot topics. I love talking about being kind. And I think really one of the biggest things, and this goes back to what we've already said, but is to notice people, to notice everybody. The person that, like I said, that is cleaning your bathroom if you're at at McDonald's or the person collecting your toll or the person opening the door for you at the store. You notice them as, as people and stop and look them in the eyes and thank them for what they're doing and strike up a conversation. That would be the number one thing I would say. And that's the best advice, to Mm. notice people and to say hello and to give a smile. That goes so far. Mm. I love that. Um, The other thing that it makes me think of right now, I just watched a YouTube video, uh, a family that put out like little snacks for their UPS. Oh, yes. And he dances. Oh, my gosh. I love that so much. That is the best. I was like, oh, delivery guys. Like, what a you know, thankless job yeah. sometimes and to be for them to notice him or to think of him and yeah. to say, just say thanks. And I love that, that, you know, as courageous and kind women that we can notice people and we can say thank you yeah. and we can smile and be grateful. And it's so, funny. I thanked my UPS guy yesterday. Good. <laughs> I, need to, I need to leave a note or something. <laughs> oh, I love it. I'm just giggling thinking, um, we have the ring doorbell. Oh, and yeah. So I'll just yeah. say, thank you. Aww. I don't know if that's going to scare him or <laughs> think that I'm kind. <laughs> Maybe both. Maybe both. Probably both. Yeah. Oh, okay. So women, that's what we're saying. Notice people, be kind, smile, and be thankful. And mm-hmm. so what is that, you know, as we talked about seeing people, what do you think a courageous and kind woman looks like? I see a woman of quiet strength. That's what I see the most. Someone who isn't being loud and brazen about their actions, but maybe not letting the right hand know what their left is doing while they serve and serving others, whether it's, um, some, you know, whether it's actual like serving, serving, or if it's simply serving by giving a smile or opening a door or helping someone pick up their groceries or whatever it might be. Um, Someone who, what does she look like? A gentle and quiet spirit. Mm-hmm. That. I'm sitting in front of Jess right now and just nodding to everything <laughs> she just said because that quiet and gentle spirit is not popular Mm-mm. right now. And I gotta tell you, I am anything but quiet or gentle, but my heart wants to be. <laughs> I'm in a very loud household. <laughs> <laughs> and I, th- I think that 
quiet and gentle spirit comes from a place of our hearts mm -hmm. that has met with the Lord that each makes day, sense. that has that that time with the Lord. And I always say, my time with the Lord primes my heart for the rest of the day, primes my heart with His love. And make no mistake, when we talk about a gentle and quiet spirit, we're not talking about a woman who gets ran over every day. No, oh no. That is a, you know, a doormat or anything like that. We are talking about a confident woman yes. who lives in freedom yes. and compassion and grace and mercy with the Lord. Absolutely. Yes, definitely not the opposite. That's some... Ooh, I just want to say, <laughs> girls, you got to hear that. You know, and I pause to really, you know, to hope that that sinks in yeah. for someone listening and needed to hear that. You definitely. If, if you're being mistreated or forgotten or run over or whatever, that's not where you belong. It's not... God didn't create you for that. He, mm -hmm. Strong is confident. Confident is beautiful. And that doesn't mean being loud. That exactly. just means being strong. Well, and two, kindness isn't weakness either. No. No. Oh, golly, no. I think sometimes it's you're stronger. It's It takes more work to be kind mm -hmm. than it does to be mean. Yeah. And as Jess said earlier, you know, as we talk about being that in that gentle and that quiet spirit, um, you know, if you're if you're unsure what that looks like, she had mentioned earlier going to Ephesians six mm -hmm. and about the armor of God, and that is one thing. If you're looking for you know an example of that that boldness in the Lord, it is right there. Yes, and to suit on our suit up our armor and to be able to have that type of heart. Yeah, that is rooted in the Lord each day. Mm hmm. Good, good example. Okay, a couple more questions and we'll sure. finish this up. Okay. Um, if you could go back to your teenage or 20-year-old self, what would you tell her? Um, I have no idea. <laughs> Hang on, girl. It's not going to be easy. <laughs> oh, gosh. I never feel like I was young. I don't. I feel like I still am kind of young at heart, but maybe that's because I never was young to begin with. I I have really old hands. I've had old hands my whole life. And I remember being driven to school one day, um, and my mother had to stop at the gas station, and the light shone in through the window, and it showed my hands. She's like, good golly, you look like an 88-year-old woman. And I kept thinking, that's because I am an 88-year-old woman. I'm just in a very young body. So I guess I just kind of want to be able to tell myself to be a kid. But um, I don't even know how. <laughs> so... I think then for the for the parts that grew up a little too fast and then um, and then for the parts that thought they were older than they were, try to figure out where you belong, girl. Mm -hmm. Just try to figure it out. So um, yeah, I don't know because I think the youth part is a little confusing. <laughs> Well, absolutely. And I don't have a teenager yet, but I can only imagine. And even in your 20s, when you think you know everything, you just don't. You just don't. You just don't. Nope. Slow down, girl. Yeah. And I think everybody's like, oh, man, I, who knew? That girl didn't know what she was in for. Oh, no. I have no idea. And that, I think the one thing that I did back then that I still do today, and this could be seen quite as a flaw, but... Um, 
I, I'm not a goal setter, except for short, very short-term goals and usually fitness-related. <laughs> Those I could do. Um, I, I don't set long-term goals because I just don't know what God is going to choose. And I don't want to set some big goal that won't get achieved because that's not what God wants of me. And I don't want to be so driven toward that goal that I miss what God is really calling me to. So I think back then and even now, I just kind of take it a day at a time. And those days have been holy moly, but they've been all over the place. Um, But I've been open to receiving what God has provided. So, yeah. What a gift. And something this 30-year-old needs to hear. (laughs) Not just as a teenager or 20-year-old, but in my mid-30s, that I need to hear that. That just focus on the Lord and, you know, open my heart to what he has. And so there's something to be said and very special about that and being in that position. Well, that's good because I'm pretty sure I had it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I think you got it. Okay, so if there is one thing, whether advice or wishes or skills or talents that you could give every woman, what would that be? I want every single woman out there to know that she is valuable that she is worth it, and that she is special. And I don't mean just in the eyes of God. I mean, you are on this planet for a reason. And every single person that you interact with has been touched by you in some way or another. And there is a substantial amount of worth and value in that. Comparing yourself to someone else means you're not filling your role now. And your role is to be you, not to be a mimic or a copy of somebody else, not to be the same standard that they are, not to have your kitchen as clean as theirs, not to have as many followers on YouTube as theirs or TikTok or Snapchat, not to have your body as thin as somebody else's. That's the one that gets me the worst. It's like you, God did not create one shape. He created a whole lot of shapes and I love them all. They're gorgeous. But take care of yourself. But still, you know, you could be nice and round and healthy. And that's great. You could be very, very skinny and very unhealthy. That's not okay. So God created you for you. And you are worth it. That's so good. I needed to hear that too. (laughs) I, I think everybody did. That we just needed to be reminded of that. And just such a tender reminder. And I think about, you know, how easy it is to look over to the left or to the right and see what everybody else is doing and oh I do it all the time I mean all the time and and to be able to just look ahead and to just do us yeah I mean and and how special that is because yeah we're I had had seen something today that you are you and so that is just so special there's this silly little song right now. So my kids are on TikTok. So I'm on TikTok so that I can watch them and make sure they're behaving. And I found all kinds of funny little things. I, I, I dance ballroom. So I like to watch people who dance. And so there's on there. Anyway, so TikTok has a lot of dancers. But there's this little song. Um, who are you? I am you. You are me? No, you are you. And then it keeps going on like that, whatever. And I can't ever get that song out of my head. But the most important part is you are you. Mm-hmm. Somebody else isn't you and you're not them. You're you. Be the best you you can be. I love it. And we'll just drop the mic on that one. (laughs) I just love it. Oh, that is so true. That is so true. So 
As we get um, just to the end of our interview, uh, one thing we always ask our interviewees is, what's your favorite Bible verse? Oh, easy. Matthew 25, 40. Whatever you do for the least of these brothers of mine, you do for me. That's a mic drop right there. <laughs> That's my absolute favorite verse. No questions asked. I feel like God put me here on earth as a servant. And that that one right there says, do it all, girl. I just love it. <laughs> I love that. And even as we were talking about earlier, really just off the mic, about um, this year that God has just put in my heart to be faithful in the little things yes. and the small things of life. And that really complements that mm. message. And what we're doing for the least is so important. Yes. And what we're doing in the small things and the things that nobody sees or, you know, you don't get praised for or, you know, people may not even acknowledge it or recognize it. Yeah. But just to be faithful in the little things and, and care about the least and be there as that servantship. I just, I like that, that servant leader. We always pray for our interviews. Oh, so that would be great. let me pray for you and your family. Okay, and thank you. Lord, we thank you so much for this time, Heavenly Father. We thank you for Jess and her family. We thank you for the influence that she has in her home, in her family, in her community, Lord, in their ministry. I just thank you so much for her message, Lord. I thank you that you see her, that you see us, that you have a plan, and that your plans are good. I ask that you would protect her and her family, Lord, that you would continue to bless the work of their hands, that you would... Um, just be so tender to show them the least of these and how you are faithful in the small things, Lord, and in the big things too. We thank you for everything you've done. We thank you for everything that you're going to do. And we thank you for the strength to do it. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, y'all, if you're interested in following Jess and, you know, just being connected, you can follow her on Facebook. It's Fitness with Jess and it's got me on the beach being very happy. Or if you're in the Atlanta area, you can come to drop into the Decatur YMCA <laughs> on Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 930 to 1030, and she'll kick your butt. I would love to do it. Hey, Jess is not kidding about you stopping by and attending one of her classes. You would love it. As I think about this this interview and everything that she's doing in her life and just her desire for um, God's light to shine where she is, I just pray that you've been you have been encouraged by our conversation that you would consider stopping and looking around and looking to see the people right in front of you and asking yourself, what can I do for that? woman, that child, that friend, that family member, that stranger to notice them and to share God's love with them. And so we're so grateful to have Jess on here, excited to continue to share courageous and kind stories like this. Thanks again for listening to the Courageous and Kind podcast. If you have a story you'd like to share or know someone who does, please visit courageousandkind.org. Be sure to check out the Courageous and Kind stories tab. Take a moment to subscribe to our podcast and like us on Instagram and Facebook at the Courageous and Kind Project.